0: right, how many pinball podcasts can we do in one single day? I don't normally do this, which means I don't normally do two shows in one day, Uh, but I wanted to get this show up because I think it's important. Sometimes when we're discussing a topic and it involves people, it involves individuals to get those individuals onto the show to give their side of the story and we all know in this crazy hobby of ours that there are two sides to every single story, especially stories like the one we just covered, which is the Pin Stadium lighting system and the whole pin side marketplace. And I thought what better thing to do for you, the listener, than to reach out to Scott from Pin Stadium and just have a little conversation about the entire thing. So let's air that for you guys right now. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast. A man at the center of a lot of discussion, Scott from Pin Stadium. Scott, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah, I always think Scott is just good to get every side to a story, and obviously, let's just talk about the last what forty eight hours or so of this thread about Pin Stadium and Pin Side, and what what is your just like take after coming out from underneath all of this?
1: Well, I just uh, had returned back from a really successful trip up, up, up at uh, Pinberg, and so Monday morning, um, I just was out walking with my little my little son I've got during the day, we were talking about that, my little four and a half month old, and one of my customers texted me and said, hey, you know, there's some thread going up, and I don't, you know, it's pretty common for these things to happen, and to be honest with you, I still have never looked at it, but from people messaging me, I have an idea of what, Is going on. Um, I just, if I did that all the time and looked at those, I don't think I'd get any work done. I'm slammed over here. But so anyways, the the gist of it I got was the main issue was that there were a lot of Penn Stadium ads on the marketplace. And um, I took a look at it, um, something that a couple months ago, um, I had just signed up with um, Pennside to list items on the marketplace. And I went to go list my first items. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, like, I, everything I make is for every single pinball machine out there, you know? So I contacted Robin and Robin's like, Hey, look, you know, you're, you're a great uh, asset to our pin side. You're, you pay for your banners, you help support. He's like, you know, I was like, how can I like make this easier so I can list these things? He's like, yeah, your products of so unique. So he ended up being able to make it an option for, YouTube. It was like a beta test thing because I help him with like stuff, and not officially as Pinside, but just because we're tech people and I have ideas. And he just put up a th- awesome option where I could just list it for all the modern machines. And then so that's how it sort of all started. But it was like not necessarily test proven.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And um, so then going forward, you know, like I mean, over the next couple weeks or whatever, like I was helping helping post that or post my items up. I mean, I was put my own items up. And some things were showing up, some of them weren't, and we made, we made some tweaks on it, Robin did for me as I gave him some feedback. And then as I added a few more items, I noticed that there were some manufacturers, some games that weren't showing up. So I just, what I ended up doing is figuring out, cause it's like, okay, so the marketplace is really, it's a really difficult thing to do and Robin's got it implemented really well, but he's still like fine tuning it cause he's always making things like awesome. And it's almost like a search engine, right? Like Google, it's nothing simple. Um, so when I listed some additional items, I, I focused them on like Jersey Jack games or Chicago gaming games. And that was my way to get the ones that weren't showing up. But apparently in the midst of all that, when I duplicated those, the, it duplicated it behind the scenes, all pinball machines plus those. And so, you know, that, that's sort of why you saw Well, not even, like, in the last 48 hours. That's been up for a couple months. Like, you know, nobody's really said anything but, like, a month ago. And then I was like, oh, you know, I need to figure out how to fix this. And it was – I mean, it's on my end, nothing to do with Robin. I'm like, okay. So I ended up, like, deleting those and then just posting them up, like, smaller, specific for games, but still had all of them listed because I was duplicating them. So it just got to the point where this last week or, I guess, Monday or whatever, somebody – said something after that right and then within 24 hours robin's like hey dude like you know we we need to fix this i'm like yeah it's like i can't get in there and delete these games because i had somebody message me and they said hey you know you've got a game listed for like a one-off homebrew machine and they posted on my thread and i told him i was like look i can't delete singular games on there so you know and of course it wasn't it wasn't believed like it was like i was um just sitting on it, like okay, I'm not gonna delete it. I couldn't do anything about it, but I just told him to contact Robin. Robin took care of it and added an option for me to delete all, so I could get all those out of there. Because if not, I would be deleting, you know, hundreds. Of th- I'd spend like five days deleting individually each single game. Right. <laughs> so now it's all resolved, I believe.
0: <laughs> okay. Because Scott, let me let me read you. I got an email, and I, I think this this gentleman, um, he sort of is encapsulating. I think some of the vitriol that's in that thread that you claim you haven't seen yet, right? So let me just read this because I think this gives you a sense of – and I want to get both sides of the story. And I think what you said is an explanation as to why this is popping up everywhere. But let me just read you this, and then, Scott, I want to sure. get your take on it, okay? He writes, and I don't know if you heard my last podcast, but I spoke out in defense of Penn Stadium. Mainly, and we'll talk about this. I love the products, and I, I want to talk about how – the marketplace discussion is one thing, and then there's also I feel like an effort by a few people to take down just the product itself, which I think is really egregious. And I want to we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but this sure. e- this email goes like this: Ready? He says, "Chris, I think you missed the point on why people are so bothered by Scott's advertising tactics. This didn't start with the recent popular public thread on Pinside. over six weeks ago." Scott decided to create multiple game-specific ad listings for his products. There was one for an Adams Family, another ad for Monster Bash, etc., even though these were all the same product. If these were only linked to that game, I don't think it would um, be a problem, etc. Okay, but each of these listings was linked to hundreds of games. Now, I'll stop there. So, Scott, you're saying that happened because... There, when you put it into the system, there were game-specific ads, and then it also was linking to all pinball.
1: Yep, exactly. Okay, yep, so people that was saw like,
0: that and are like, "Oh my god, this guy's almost like in, his intention," and you did it on purpose, and it wasn't. It's was just the system itself was taking one ad and and spamming it across the entire library of games.
1: Correct, exactly, because some games weren't coming up under keyword searches but some were coming up if you selected the game. So that was my way to test to see. And then when somebody posted that, I took a look and I was like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. And within, I don't know, it took me, it took me about several hours to post it up. I deleted them all in several hours and you know brought it back to the the regular original listings. And then I added the small manufacturer one. So it went from like a hundred and some odd listings that apparently covered everything. I looked at it and I, my whole screen was filled right. with, with Penn stadium ads. So right, yep. and that's accurate. So and then, taking care of the same and, day,
0: and I think what's important, Scott, and again, like I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to get your side of what's going on because people don't often understand both sides of the story, right? They're very quick to judge, and we know Pinside, right? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a place in where you can kind of – one man's opinion can be stated as fact, and so then, in this email, and again, this is like a lot of what I'm hearing on Pinside. He says, um, this was this was the email. This was oh, sorry, my phone. This was almost a, certainly a deliberate strategy on his part to increase exposure of his product. These ads were also free and didn't really support Pinside since a fee was only collected if they result in a sale through Pinside shops. Um, Okay. So what you're saying, Scott, you're, you're, this wasn't deliberate. This happened. And you and Robin have been working to fix this problem is it sounds like is what's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the same day it went up, it came down within like two hours. And Robin doesn't even know I had posted those up because he's like, okay, see how this works. And then I was like, okay, we'll figure out, you know, what's showing up, what's not. And then I messaged him and said, Hey, look, I posted up like 100 games and I took them down because they were just flooding the market. It's not going to work that way.
0: Now, let me just yep. ask you, just the, the, the fact that this thread was started, how did you stay out of that thread? And you've been active in your own thread, but was it... I mean, people are talking about your business. Uh, did you not want to go in there and maybe clarify this in that thread, just to sort of put the flames out?
1: Um, no, because like, there's been multiple threads like this, and pretty much when you get involved in those threads, you would spend all day just chasing your tail, because there's no there's no resolution to it. Um, and I've already heard all the things that, you know, people that don't support the product say. So I just stay in my own thread because that is actually to, to rewind a little bit back to another reason I don't go out of my thread is that you are not um, about th- three years ago when Penn stadium started, I don't know if you recall this, but the whole Penn stadium thing launched. And then it got to the point where there's a similar thread like this and Robin had to jump in and he said, no more Penn Stadium threads. You can't start new ones. If you're in one, you stay in it, and you can't you can't go out of it. And same with Penn Stadium. Don't go out of your thread. So that's been the rule. Um, and it never was saying that that was relieved, you know, where you can't post about Penn Stadium. It was never saying, okay, guys, it's okay. It was like a ban, like a worldwide Penn side ban, because it just it went on like apparently this thread probably is, you know? Right. So that's why I don't delve into it, because – how am I going to solve anything? There's nothing to solve, right? Something like this avenue talking about so somebody understands, hey, look, here's what happened on the other side because if not, it's back and forth. Right. And I've got too much business and orders to fill in addition to, you know, being full-time dad with my four and a half month old, you know, so that's why I don't go into it.
0: Right. No, I mean, it, it, I, I get it. And so, let's talk about that because why do you think a, a simple product that is meant to illuminate a pinball machine has turned into such a polarizing conversation within the very community that is supposed to embrace and accept, uh, you know, mods of this sort. And you've been and, and, and Scott, right? You're 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 like myself. You're you're a two time Twippy winner, right? For best yep. mod?
1: Yep, thankfully so. People have voted at that, absolutely.
0: Right. So uh, someone's—I feel a little bit of a connection to you because somewhere out there, a lot of people are, are enjoying what we create within the pinball world. So, But why do you think the polarization yeah. exists? Um,
1: well, I think one thing is, is that this was something completely new. I mean, there's been a lot of mods out there and um, different versions of different mods. But this was, was something that, you know— And to start off, it was never intentionally made to uh, to, for me to sell them. I just made them for myself. So I really, really took the passion behind it to to motivate. I was self-motivated to try and improve the lighting of my machines. And I've been collecting for like 20 years. So I think what happened was, is I didn't know I was creating this monster of sorts in the sense that it worked on every single pinball machine. It didn't every single pinball machine that's what I had. I had, you know, X amount of games and I was just making it so I could put it on this one and this one and this one. So then once it got announced that that was a different platform since most mods are specific, that's one reason. And then the other thing is, is that one of the things all the machines can benefit from is, is lighting. And that changes the whole experience of the game too. Um, so and then combine that with a very viral um, pin side um, that you know multiplies everything exponentially. On top of that, and then people have their own feelings about it, you know, about joyous or not happy about Penn Stadium for whatever reason. What, so
0: Scott, what do you what do you say to those people? And, and I'm I'm always a little bit perplexed by people who who are upset about adding additional lighting to a game that because there are games that are just really really dark. And, and mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, you can either try to put spotlights all over it, or you could just, you know, use Pin Stadium. Talk. Let's talk about that. Like, why do you think some people out there think games don't need additional lighting? Because they've never seen the difference. They don't know. They're like I was.
1: Or it's like it's all we know. Like pinballs are at this level of brightness, and it's acceptable because you can still play, and you turn your overhead lights on. You don't think about adding some mod that takes you know a year or two to develop into a machine and then seeing what it looks like you know right and having a perfect not perfect but you know optimal illumination let's say do you think there's some so,
0: level of, of purists in this hobby where people that just think whatever comes from the factory is sort of sacred in terms of that's the way the game was designed to be played or because lighting's very i don't know I, I imagine when these designers make these games they're not I'm always confused as do they ever turn the lights off and see what the experience is like? And I say that even with a game as recent as Willy Wonka, which is so dark without you know overhead lighting. Hmm. Yeah. So what are you asking me though? Exactly? Well, I guess the question or- is, you do you think that people like when it comes to gameplay and and and, and seeing the game better? Why why do people sort of get hesitant to add lighting and i just i see that debate and i'm just part of me is just like i don't understand why that debate exists it it, it feels as silly as saying you can't have air conditioning in the summer even though it's just it's a much better way to like exist (laughs) or live you know i just think the games are a lot easier to play and just and the artwork shines with the lighting i i why do you i don't understand why people would rather have a dark game that is really hard to track the ball
1: yeah. I, I don't either. I don't have an answer to that. I, I really don't know. I mean, I guess the sort of back to my previous response is like, they just are used to a certain level of lighting. So that's what they expect. So they're happy with that. It's, it's like getting in a car with cloth seats and then you get into a, a nice car with like leather. You always expect that heated leather seat with air conditioning and massager, whatever you're used to, you're fine with, um, you know, until you experience the, the, the difference and then you have the ability to judge, Um, I don't, you know, so if somebody has a Willy Wonka machine, which is beautiful, incredible, you know, great quality and everything. And then it has another one with it, with the Penn stadiums. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a difference on those. And then, and then they would be able to make a decision, but I I don't think, you know, hence the side by side and before and after photos, you know, that I take to demonstrate that because, You can't have two machines next to each other without the product and, you know, do it. You can't test it out. Right. I don't mail them out and then you test it and then send it back. Right. (laughs) But that's why I go to trade shows. Is there any,
0: is there any truth to the accusation that you make your before photos darker?
1: Yes. I turn the lights off completely in the room and I'm in a completely black, like blacked out basement. So I don't make it darker than what the camera sees, but I do make sure the room is completely dark with no lights. And I do make that clear in a lot of my threads. I mean, everybody knows that. Like, there's no, but there's no editing of the photo itself. It's just, this is what the machine does by itself. Because there's there's no reason to show it with ambient lighting. So it's like, okay, what time of day is it? What does it look like, right? You want to see it in its raw form. So yes, that I turn the dark, the lights off to make it dark, but no to editing.
0: Right. I always yep. find I always find too with with your product within the the game threads themselves and, and the club owner threads, it's oftentimes to me the most convincing thing is is not your marketing; it's owners posting photos of the difference. And I think that to me is probably the ultimate sales convincer for people. Is you know the owners are the ones who are advocating the difference more than even you are. I mean, so and I, I say that cause I was just looking at the Wonka thread and it's like, it just feels like a no brainer. And, and I don't, you know, I, you're right. I, yeah. I'm I mean, it's right about, Hey, are you afraid? Customers. And I've always wondered this Scott. like your product definitely has been successful. It has an audience. You have collectors who are putting them on every one of the machines. Are are you afraid that manufacturers are just going to implement this system? Have you ever been wanting to be acquired by one of the manufacturers to de- develop a system in which you're solely exclusive in their games? Like what? What? How do you guys project the future of of viability, knowing that it's not the most difficult thing to probably think about implementing from the factory on?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, there's been some speculation, and you know, some things that have been tossed around by people and myself is that. Um, a lot of people are used to this lighting, and they buy this machine. They're, they're satisfied with it because they haven't seen anything different. But then also, too, manufacturers, you know, have a, a, a bill of materials that they must meet. So if somebody, somebody's not going to buy, I mean, there's not anybody that's going to not buy a Stern game or a JJP or C, CGC game because it could be brighter. They're still going to get it. And then if, if somebody wants it brighter, they know that there's Penn stadiums to do it. So it's already taken care of that, you know, that, that portion of that person, you know, that percentage of the market that decides, Hey, I need more lighting. There's a solution for it already versus adding it in all these machines, which would ex- exponentially increase the cost of, you know, the machines and, you know, right. the, uh, the thousands of machines adds up a lot, you know, to, to a manufacturer. So that's once that's one way. And as far as being acquired, um, I don't you know, having plans to be acquired. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't, wouldn't do it or I would. I just never, you know, never really never really thought that because I really love doing what I'm doing and building them. So it's just, right. you know, something I'm passionate about. So I just feel happy with where I'm at with things. And, you know, it's something I'm able to do full time. I'm able to stay home with my kids and support the family. And, you know, it's a blast and meeting cool people. Right. But, yeah. What's the, you know, What's the... Know.
0: What's the back order time right now? On, on How backlogged are you with orders?
1: Um, I'm immediate ship on Penn Stadiums and Fusions and like the baby Penn Stadiums and all that, but I'm backlogged on the hovers, which are the uh, product that the community suggested was uh, to be able to make it so you don't have to remove the lights when you raise the playfield. And that's something I custom engineered and CAD designed, and I'm making here myself like everything else, but I'm slammed. Um, with orders with that so it attaches the the lights to the play field stealth on the sides so you don't have to remove them That's back Um Originally, it was about a three or four week ship time We're probably hitting about seven or eight weeks right now, but I plan to have most everything out in the next couple weeks Everybody's been excited and patient at the same time. Can you
0: can you order because I, I have it I have the older pin stadiums Can you order a kit to convert it to the new ones? So you don't have to take them off when you raise the play field
1: Yeah that's that's one of the things that's nice about the Penn Stadium model, business model, is I design it so that when I come out with new products, when all when at all possible you can upgrade to the newest features. So that way when you know you spend that extra dime on the Penn Stadiums for for two eighty, I'm not gonna come out with something in like two weeks and you're gonna be like Oh gosh, I got to get rid of these. I got to get new ones. It's an ecosystem I want to create of people knowing that you know they're going to get great support. They're going to get the upgrades that they can add when they want you know if they want to later. If not, they can choose not to. Right. So I guess backwards compatibility for me and a business model is very important, especially with Penn Stadiums, and that's what people appreciate about it. Um, I don't know. I just don't want to, I don't like that planned obsolescence. I think that's a horrible way to do business, right, right. especially with something like a mod like this that, you know, isn't the cheapest uh, price wise, but is, you know, something that, you know, you can carry on through to any machine too, right? So you can take it on move it to another machine and you can just follow that through your collection through the years.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think business must be great for you when you, when you get a buyer who's got, an entire collection that he wants to improve the lighting on it it reminds me of of when like pdi glass right and invisiglass like once you see the difference you're gonna want them on all your machines and then and not every machine needs it but i think a lot of the newer machines and 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 i think universally across the board jurassic park monsters uh willy wonka it, it's amazing to me. Beatles like these games. Most of them could use additional lighting, and 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 it definitely does like make the game pop. Now, Scott, let me talk to you a little bit about the other side of what I've been reading, and people coming into your thread, and maybe I won't name names, but people are like going on the attack, right? And it's it's almost like mm-hmm. this this effort. To take down the product, use stuff like at a pinball tournament. Like the the pin stadium lights fell down because maybe someone didn't install them properly. Why do you think people do that? Why do they? You think on pin side they go on what seems like a mission to tear down a company that is not making anybody buy the product. It's not making anyone install it. And isn't this a community that should support just mods like this that you know improve the gameplay? if you want it, it's, there's no gun to a head to put these in people's machines.
1: Right. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's a really good question. I really don't know because there's, there's probably, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's like a handful of people that feel like an army, you know, when you're on pin side, but it's probably only like 20 people that have that, 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 that motive potentially, but I don't know what their motive is behind it. I, I don't understand. I just try to Respond kindly. Listen to it if it is valuable input. Um, you know, if it feels like it's just pretty much like attack mode, it, it just doesn't phase me. Um, you know, I sort of leave. I just leave it be. But I, I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts yeah, on I mean, it? Like it's, from it's, an outsider perspective. Well,
0: I, I, what what I don't like is I think everyone's allowed to share their opinion. I, <laughs> coming from the most opinionated pinball podcaster probably in history. <laughs> I I think everyone's allowed to share their opinion, but there comes a point, and this is why I don't – and this is where I think some some of it is a combination of moderation. Some of it is a combination of just like these hyper posters who literally are trolling your product because, look, you can go in and say, I don't like pin stadium lights. I don't want to put that on my games. Mm -hmm. You say that once. But when you get into this repetitive, constantly going into your thread, which – that person, if they don't like your product, they could just drain your thread. If they don't want to see anything about it, they could drain it. They don't have to buy Correct. the product. Um, when it comes to tournaments, and there's a lot of that too, like the, like the sacred tournament play. Like If anything goes wrong with the pin Stadium during any tournament, then we must abolish these things from all tournaments moving forward, which I think is ridiculous. I didn't see any issues with the Willy Wonka Penn Stadium setup uh, during Pinburg finals. But no completely no. fine. The players didn't yeah. have any problem with it. Do we want to see tournament players wearing mining lights on their forehead, looking like idiots, or would we rather just light up the games?
1: Right. Exactly. And you know, like last year was my first year at Penberg and Papa was like, we had the best feedback from the players. We had them thanking us. And and normally in a competitive environment like that, Canada, like everything's edgy. Like it's like, you know, people were like really serious, you know, and they're, if something's not right or something's wrong, they're going to say it. And, Doug, Doug, from Papa was like, dude, we got tons of compliments. Look forward to having you back next year. And then we did it again this year. And, you know, so, you know, if there's our, there are things that are going to happen and none of the machines in the final 12, you know, had anything that was not, you know, we didn't have like lights falling off, you know, and stuff, but there was a machine out in the wild. You know, somebody said had the Penn stadiums on it and it had been transported there. It wasn't a pop-up machine. And if you don't have those lights aligned right on the Magnum mount properly, that absolutely could happen. And when you transport, they're gonna shift a little bit or the polarity was backwards. I didn't install them. So that's why I'm up there on the stage. Like I'm up there literally, I don't know if you saw the stream, but you will see me before they play their games. Most every single time I'm walking by and I'm checking and I'm you know I'm almost like that tennis ball guy that stays right. by the uh, the net and then the ball drops. You got like your little, you got like your little
0: finger on the magnetic strip to make sure it's not moving. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I do. I go up and I look just, is there any like app? Is there anything like that? You know, I mean, it's like, and I didn't have to, I didn't have to do that on Wonka and stuff, but I do look for it because heck it's important. And, uh, even cooler is, is that I'm working with Papa on some specific competitive pin stadiums just for these events for that next year. You'll see those. So it's going to get even better, you know, but they, they work right now. Um, but Hey, nothing's ever perfect. You know, if I could be on every machine in that whole tournament and I knew it was pin stadiums, just let me know. I'll, you know, I'll check it out. Right. I'll install a new set for you if there's an issue. I'll How many, it out.
0: You sell a lot. How many returns do you get after people buy this product?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that I've sold um, several thousand of them and I've had less than five returns and half of those converted to customers. Right. Because later the features I created for them drove them back. Because they wanted like the Invisi Shields and you know the other stuff that I did, and they were they came back. So it's been less than five of you know these just aren't for me, and refunded them. And then more than half of those came back as customers. So it's right. been a very good ratio.
0: Right now it sounds like it. Okay, let me ask this question. So uh, as a marketer, uh, what's up with that funky robotic guy that's in all your ads? People, I see people talking about that. <laughs> uh what talk to me about this this Penn Stadium character
1: yeah um well no a couple a couple years back I uh, I figured you know what Penn Stadium needs a mascot every every team has a mascot you know they got these little fuzzy animals running around out on the field and yeah, you know, you've got the hockey games and I thought you know I'll create a mascot so I just sort of threw together some uh some basic stuff. I don't know, if you ever take a look at Orion, which is the name of that character, years ago, he looked like a little Toy Story bot. Actually, you know what he looked like, and what what sort of um, fueled the design was, you know, on Twilight Zone when you get the extra ball and that little robot comes out and makes those little noises, yep, and then shoots it. That's basically what sort of like inspired me to to make him. But the earlier versions I had I had some. Artists like online or something. Just like some website, they they put together some photos I grabbed off the internet and actually drew him for me. But I didn't like him. And then I then I came in contact with this amazing artist who actually does like Marvel quality um, graphics. And I said, you know, like Marvel quality cartoons and animations. And I was like, hey man, like can you redo this little Toy Story character for me that doesn't really fit me anymore? And uh, he did it, and I was like, wow, you're awesome. So I do like all the other graphics that you see in the videos, but that guy, that kid draws those for me. And uh, I don't know, it's just sort of a, a, a brand ambassador, a my mascot for Penn Stadium, instead of so just a logo.
0: Right. Now, yeah. So do you, I always try to get to just like the human element of some of this behavior and feedback, and I'm, I'm always fascinated by human behavior, and, and that that is, you know, when I look at Penn side and the way people react to stuff, do you think some people are just, jealous of your success within the pinball hobby and, and you've created something that has been successful and there's just a little element of that when people try to come at you? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I'm not sure what they're thinking. I mean, anything's definitely possible. I mean, I mean I'm jealous. Are, you make your... so
0: much more money than me. I mean, I make no money doing this podcast. <laughs> but is that what you think? Is that what you really think that maybe I mean, some I of think there's I think there is some jealousy. I think there's some uh you know if you do the numbers it it seems like a nice business model i i i think there's just a lot of i I don't know i think there's a lot of competition to come out with mods and stuff for the most part i think everyone supports each other I, i i have you had you know and it's not like there's been a ton of other lighting companies try to pop up that you know unfair tactics have been used to sort of put them out of business i you have a product, it's available for sale. I heard about it a couple of years ago. People recommended yeah. it for Batman. It's yep. changed my game. Hoping, yeah. I remember, yeah. and, and look, even being the number one, I was the number one pinball podcast when I first contacted you, Scott. And you know what you said? Yeah. You gotta go to the back of the line. And you did, and, it's funny, and I was. <laughs> and I finally got them. And they yeah, I was back ordered then. <laughs> Look, and I think a lot of like what happens on Pinside is co- sort of like the nature of America, right? We love to create these seemingly dramatic moments that a week from now, no one will talk about. And you'll just go on selling your product. People will have the opportunity to buy them or not. Uh, y- you know, It's like when, when we're bored on these communities, on these websites, we just manufacture yeah. something new to like get all the crazy people going. Right. (laughs) I think some of it's just that. I think it's just like, who this week can we vilify and come after? Look, there's more people complaining about your ads than complaining about Dutch pinball reselling a game, which to me is a far more egregious move than just trying to figure out the Pinside Marketplace algorithm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when I look at those ads and like somebody does a certain search that brings them up under that, I'm just like, you know, I look at it too and I'm like, yeah, that's just, that's too much. You know, it's like it's, it wasn't intentional. And so in the last 48 hours, I mean, think about how busy Robin is. And as soon as somebody says something to him, he's on it. And he's like, oh, by the way, I, I created this thing. So you can actually fix that and, and delete the the link to those games that you couldn't individually remove or whatever, or you had to do one by one. I mean that's that's pretty cool, you know, and so like I'm not in a disagreement with it. It's right. just when something comes out and it goes across what there's 20 or 30,000 pinside users, like, you know, you just got to work things out and, you know, I mean, and it's,
0: it's also it's, it's much easier or, or I would say it's much more entertaining for people. Uh, instead of going to the people involved in, in any story, they usually start a thread to get other people riled up before they either go to Robin or go to you or figure out the story. They'd much rather just get the mob going. And and I see this all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, did you just ask that person? Like, so for a a recent example of that was the big Lebowski and spare parts and people were just speculating left and right. And it's just like, well, did you just call Melissa from coin taker and ask her what is going to happen? And it's like, nobody did that. They just make up their own opinions about what's going to happen there. Scott, you want to talk a little bit about pinball? I mean, I know, I know you're, you're being a father tonight. I know this is, I think this was a good way to sort of give your side of the story, but you know, if you want to do another 10 minutes, just talking about what's going on in the hobby, uh, let me know. Yeah.
1: Oh man, I got time. I'm, you know, I'm pretty much like from six in the morning until about six at night um when she comes home you know then i've got after six at night i'm, I'm free but during the day i'm balancing the little one and I, he goes down for an hour and a half i work for an hour and a half i fill orders uh, i take phone calls with him sitting on my chest on a little carrier and <laughs> right. you know so now i'm good I got all right nine. cool absolutely so
0: i want to just ask you some broad questions uh I, I walk up to you at a pinball bar and i say out of all the games that came out this year which one are you most excited by
1: um, the ones that are actually out right now and not coming out. Is that what you're asking me?
0: Yeah. Like, like the ones that I can play. If you yeah. could go buy something that's available this year to buy that's brand new in box, What, what which one is most exciting to you?
1: Well, um, Willy Wonka is one that I don't have yet that I that I am getting, um, that I plan to get. I do want that. I have not played it, though. I have not played it, even though I put the lights on it. I didn't play one game at Pinburg on it. Um, I did pick up a Black Knight LE, and I really think that that's a... I'm having a lot of fun with that game. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I played one game of Jurassic Park, and I'm definitely getting that. Um, I, I played the premium at Pinberg, and that one has some incredible shots that I can't deny.
0: All right, Yeah, the question wasn't, uh, n- list me every game this year, which is what you're doing. Which one... Above all, if you could get, if you were to say, like this is the one that excites me the most.
1: Oh, I got you. Just the one, okay. Um, right now, I'm excited the most about Jurassic Park because I've already had the excitement level for the other ones and already have them on on right. board. So, okay. Jurassic Park right now is the one that I'm focused on, and I do really like it. And how did it, it look? Like in, how
0: did it look in person? Great.
1: It looked incredible. It shot incredible. Um, I loved it. I I didn't I only got only played one game on it though, but like it's one of those things where you know you shoot a couple shots and you're like, Okay, this is Keith Elwin, these shots are nailing it and the artwork looks great on the on the premium. I didn't really look at the artwork on the pro on the sides too much, but the premium one I thought looked really,
0: really nice. Right. Okay. In terms have you of games, it? or no, I guess you have. No, where, where, you <laughs> <to Pimberg. laughs> unless you yeah. unless you went to Pemburg, there is nowhere to play it, right? So, I, I, what I love about being in New York City is we get stuff really early here. So, Sunshine Laundromat usually gets everything immediately upon release. So, as soon as that game ships, which I think is in the next couple weeks, right by end of August, I think pros are going out. Um, yeah, I will hop on one. Uh, looking forward to it in terms of the games that are coming right Elvira deep root guns and roses maybe you know, toy story is too far out um, yeah what, what are you looking forward to like what are, are any of the games coming out in the near future or, or next year what what's got your interest
1: well I'm really curious about guns and roses um, I'm I don't know. I feel like that's a great opportunity for Jersey Jack. And the reason I say that is, is that, you know, they're working with, what is it? It's Slash that they work with, right? Yep. Isn't that correct? So he, you know, I don't know exactly how the rights are to the property, but I feel like that with a band theme and him being, them being friends with Slash that I think they're going to have a lot of access to some major assets and they're going to have major flexibility with that. And not have a lot of limitations, so that's why I'm excited about it. Plus, that you know their music, it's it's always going to be relevant to right. me, and I think for many people because they just had that recent concert and they they killed it. You know, like they're they've got jams left and right that you know you cannot deny. So I think they're going to have a, a lot of room to play with.
0: Yeah, what I'm curious to see with Guns N' Roses is uh, the music's going to be no problem to get access to it. What I'm curious to see if they have the rights to this are all their music videos because if that's the case, then hallelujah time with this pin. I mean, because so much of what made Guns N' Roses Guns N' Roses, not just the songs, but they had Mm -hmm. iconic music videos from back in the day, from Jungle to November Rain to Don't Cry. So I really, and even you know, and even then because they're working with Slash, they also have footage right from all their concerts that they have recorded in hd so i'm curious to see Correct. what happens up there on that screen with guns and roses because i think the music's going to be a given um and eric you know i think people are looking at these new designers like keith and eric with with high hopes right that these guys are going to give us unique layouts that we haven't seen before in pinball yes
1: yeah with eric on i mean i've got a pirates and you know that's i love that game it's incredible eric did such an awesome job and I mean, if that's your first game that you create, and then people are claiming that to be one of the greatest of all times, imagine what his second one's going to be like. I mean, you can tell that he, he's definitely very experienced with it now, and it's proven itself. And then if you add Guns N' Roses with all this potential for assets, um, right. that might might be easier to get than a movie than a big franchise movie. You know, like, I'm I'm hoping. Right. Uh, but I, I'm in on it. I mean, you know, as far as until I see something otherwise... I think that's the one I'm definitely going to be most excited about.
0: So if you were me I, and you had the chance to, I have, I've room for one more game pirates of the Caribbean yeah. and big Lebowski, which one would you put here? <laughs> Cause I'm stuck.
1: Yeah, I would do pirates. I would do pirates. Cause I mean, I, I've got a decent sized collection and I've got, I've had pirates for, I don't know, four months now. Um, I traded at Cactus Canyon, continued for it. And I, of course, I got some cash in my favor. And that was like one of the best trades I ever did. I'm very happy with it.
0: Um, it's an incredible trade because they're about to remake Cactus Canyon for like eight grand, yeah. everything.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yep. So I, I would recommend that over at Lebowski. And I've played Lebowski at the show several years ago at um, Expo. And I enjoy that game. It shoots really well. But I think for you, since you've got limited space, then. You need something that's going to have some rules that you're going to be able to climb through gradually, just like your Batman does for you now, Um, even though it's a little bit of a uh, comparatively maybe less shots uh, compared to Pirates. um, You still have all those rules you can dig deep into that Lyman did. And now you've got more shots and you've got this deep rule set also.
0: Right. Yeah, I
1: don't think Lebowski's real deep from my here. No, I didn't it's, play it it's not. I'm you. getting
0: I'm getting. Here's what's got me worried: is I think Lebowski has so much hype because of the story and the rarity and the, it's unobtainium, right? And when something becomes unobtainium, mm-hmm. we project greatness onto it. Because it's it's an experience, it's very limited. I mean, Magic Girl, I suffered through the Magic Girl. I mean, it went through the same thing. Now, obviously, Lebowski's not Magic Girl, but the, I think the mm-hmm. game code on Lebowski is like 0. 0.46. Like, and ain't nobody okay. touching that code. Right, yeah. So, uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> and in a home environment, stuff gets shallow real fast when you play it every day.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, like it's a great game, but I think for you with one machine and you'd be, you'd probably want to get rid of it very shortly afterwards. And I don't know, pirates has proven itself in my collection because after a month or two, usually move on to a different game. And I, and I, I, I always go back to pirates. Like that's, that's the machine I sit my little, my little son on the little baby on and he sits there and plays it. It's nice to have a wide body too, because I got all the room and I can play it. And like, it just, it shoots so well and it's, very enjoyable. Um, so yeah, I have to I would ask.
0: With that. I have to ask. Have you had any mechanical issues or, or playfield chipping issues?
1: Um, no, I've had the machine that I got was number six off the line. Um, so when I traded it, Eric personally was on that machine and went through it um, where it was sitting at the distributor. So I haven't had anything but. Oh, I I did have the um, chest where it wasn't leaned to the left all the way and the balls were getting stuck for the chest multi-ball but i just pushed it down with my hand a quarter inch and it started working so that was that was the only issue that i had with the machine okay and then Uh. you know the other thing like from a manufacturer standpoint too even if like you know jersey jack machines maybe there's you know maybe one machine or some of the machines are known to have a few problems but think about They've got 10,000 pieces and parts on them. If you've only got six little things to fix on that with all those moving parts, that's not bad. And, and then you get a Pirates, you know, you get a good playing Pirates out of all that. So,
0: yeah. Oh, God, you I'm guys the, are like, not not you owners deal are deal killing me. It. It's like I've never. I spent three hours the other day just reading the reviews on Pinside, and I was like, oh, my God, this thing is like. the citizen cane of pinball like everyone's just glowing about it i'm like all these people can't be wrong
1: yeah no i i agree with you i got it too thinking okay we'll see about this and i usually get all the jersey jacks and then i fall in love with them but this one i wasn't sure about because of the people having issues and then when i played it i'm like man i don't care if the playfield has you know like i don't know somebody took a chainsaw to the center of it as long as i can still play it i would love this game Right. and that's how that's really how good it is you know there's no hype at all i don't I have no reason to hype the game but i, I yeah. have mad respect for it the
0: the other thing too is i think it's gonna i i'm a little worried it's going to be the last like fully featured like incredibly packed game with and and it probably might be the best sounding the last best sounding game because david is no longer there and i heard the sound package in pirates is incredible so
1: yeah it is really good and then i mean i don't know i think that Guns and Roses going back to that. I mean if Slash is involved and it's his music, I mean you better well, yeah, believe it. I that. mean that's but have that's good
0: like ch- <laughs> they're going to get like the, you know, the high quality <laughs> studio versions of the songs like so we'll, we'll see what we'll see what um what Toy Story sounds like because I think Wonka has people a little bit disappointed that it doesn't have the richness and sound that that Pirates does and it doesn't have the same sort of warmth of the music from the the movie itself. I I I see that I see that when I listen to that game. Um,
1: I haven't played it, so I don't know. You mean like warmth in the sense of like music that's not necessarily from the movie, but but
0: somehow it's it's reorchestrated. It's reorchestrated in a way that does sound more like a slot machine than it does a a movie soundtrack, if that makes sense, or a score from a film. And if you you just have to hear it, like it's a lot more synthesized than what the original movie sounded like Um, okay so let me ask you Scott a lot of discussion around Jurassic Park and being not from the movie but a all-new journey through Jurassic Park do you think Stern is going to use this game as a test in terms of do we need to spend the money to connect to the actual films people like or can we use this to show that if we make games inspired by licenses people love that's all we need to do
1: It does seem like Jurassic Park is that new platform of potential. uh, We're going to add more toys and make it an even um, more packed game and then spend our money on the materials for the machine versus the uh, IP. So that's what I see in it. And when I played it, I mean, I don't, in the the game I played and watching people more than I played it, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. So I think it's a good direction possibly. I mean, cause I, I don't have to have clips of the movie in there. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't. I have that game, and I really like it, but I don't really even get to see the stuff on the screen anyway. So gameplay is more important for me than what's up on the screen. So, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is. Uh, you know, it's hard for me because I still would just rather have the Jurassic Park movie. I love. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, that movie's iconic. All the scenes from it. I, I think. I think there's very few movies in which we. Know and memorized so many lines from the movie and so many scenes, and like, I think they did a good job with with the game itself. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's almost impossible with a lot of the way licensing agreements are when you want to put visuals from the movie onto the screen. Because remember, like in the DMD era, there was no, they weren't using clips from Lord of the Rings. They were, you know, they were animating that. Um, yeah, I, I just think. It's, it's frustrating because I, I think we're, we're advancing in the tech, but I think that tech also makes it cost prohibitive for a lot of these companies to secure all the assets we want to see across that technology. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, a dream would be this. A, okay. a dream would be, well, let's look at a game like Lord of the Rings in which they do have all the call outs and all the audio that we love from the movie that brings us through that journey. I would love like a yeah. Lord of the Rings Vault edition in which they had the LCD screen that's modern but just just animate the DMD animations in a much cooler way but mm-hmm. maintain the callouts from all the actors and stuff that we got from the machine all like all the way back in 2004 we were able to secure actor callouts but now in 2019 we can't that's my issue it's like what what happened like now right especially for we're, we're making remakes of movies like Jurassic Park is older than Lord of the Rings like so that's my little bit of disappointment like we couldn't get some of the call outs from the original actors from the the movie
1: but do you think the ip's have become determined by the owners um, more valuable like do you think the the costs like they've inflated you know relative to back then do you think
0: possibly the costs possibly because yeah,
1: that could be it but but so let's say you know with Jurassic Park you you like you want to have clips in the movie me it's not that important I'd prefer the gameplay would you be willing to make sacrifice a few mechanisms and a little bit of gameplay just to have that in there what do you I mean how do you feel about that cuz there has to be a bill material trade off versus the IP Right What do you think um, if you what, had to if I had a right? trade off like some of the stuff if in you the had game Yeah if you had to trade off like you know some some of the toys and mechs in the game
0: to have Here's my concepts. other thing. Here's my other thing. And this is I mean, I love Keith Elwin and I think the design is amazing. But I also look at the game and, and I think people are like a little bit kind of getting ahead of themselves that like we've this is like so much in, in the game, right? I mean there's Yeah, they designed the dinosaur head, which is really cool. Um mm-hmm. But like other than that, like what what expensive engineered mech is happening in this game? I I, I just I failed to see it. Like there's a raptor cage that just just has a drop target that gets you inside it. There's nice ramps and there's you know nice uh, what habit trails like what, wire forms. You know there's like there's there's stuff going on, but I don't. know. Then I look at like a monster bash. I'm like there's like eight times more mechanisms in this game, and I don't. Sometimes I feel like we're we've been so beaten down with with barren mechanisms in these games that. I don't see what else you could really take out of this game or what I would lose. I actually, you know, there could probably be more in there if this game was made, like, in 1994.
1: Yeah. Um, like, what is, what
0: else, What else? if you look at the game, like, what else is the thing in it that feels, like, heavily engineered?
1: I mean, the, the dinosaur head seems like the yeah, right. the biggest but and only thing I that, can think of. I can't that. think of anything else because the whole game as a whole, like, the, it seems like it just shoots so well that it's like another mech could be overlooked. Like you don't necessarily need it, but there isn't anything other than that dragon head. When I was looking at from a distance over somebody's head, to where I could say, oh my gosh, that's you know, like that's a work of art. But I think that's, I mean, that's intentional with Keith. He wants the gameplay because more mechs means it slows down flow. So he would rather design a game better than have more toys in it. Is what right. I see with him. Right. Because somebody was saying that he does or he said I heard somebody say he said that he doesn't want scoops because scoops slow down the game flow. He'd rather keep it going. So that dinosaur is mechanized and it's amazing. I think it looks really cool, but it also keeps the flow going. It doesn't really stop much at all. Right. And I think that that's the type of toys he's going to be putting in his games that keep it flowing well. Other ones it sit and hold something and maybe you know gradually move it somewhere and it turns and then it spits it out or catches it for a little while i think that's why he leaves it out yeah. um but
0: yeah I, I would love to see more if i like stuff like the the hyperdrive in star wars but you know that doesn't really slow down gameplay you get balls in there and then you're, they're flying around i think i think stuff like that i would love my like biggest, reg- Wars, talking about. yeah, my biggest regret with Star yeah. Wars is like they had this awesome mechanism that looks like a visual, oh my god, like magical thing, and then they make it impossible to like get balls in there for any casual player. I mean, I I, I don't know about you, but I've played Star Wars about like fifty times. I really have had maybe three to four games in which balls actually make it into the hyperloop.
1: Yeah, it, I have that machine. I'll tell you the trick to it. And, and I've had the same problem myself is if you take the left stand up and the right stand up and you tilt them to the the one on the left, you tilt it to the left and the one on, I think on the right, you tilt that to the right. There's those little stand ups there that gives you like another quarter inch, which makes that shot from your left flipper backhandable rather regularly. I can hit it three or four. I'd say three out of 10, three, no, probably four out of 10 times now. But if you just move those to the side a little bit, because they, they tend to tilt. I think one of the mod companies makes a, a, um, a splint for that. I know they do. I don't know if it's Lure Mods or Yukle Store or whatever. Um, I can't think of uh, – but but that's the key to that game is,
0: is moving the stand-up targets so you can hit it. And then I can hit it pretty regularly. 40% right. of the time is good. Right. What would you say out of all the recent games, even in the last couple years – has been the most innovative mechanism we've seen in a game. Hmm. We got Deadpool, go. we've got Iron Maiden, we've got Star Wars, we've got Beatles, we've got Jurassic Park, we've got Jer- we got Pirates of the Caribbean, we got Willy Wonka, we've got Oktoberfest, we've got Alice Cooper. We've got what am I like I don't I won't consider Monster Bash remake <laughs> innovative because it's old, but yeah.
1: I can't think of anything. I really can't. Like I'm going through all those games and I mean, is it I mean, the upper play field it. on pirates? The upper play field on pirates. Yeah, that's a good one. It definitely is. Cause I, I must think of that as like a little mini pinball machine. So sometimes it's so cool that I don't even think of it as like a mechanism. It's like a mini play field, itself or mini pinball by itself. But yeah, I would say that's probably one of the better ones, but there's nothing that, I mean, if there was something, you know, in my collection, I ran through my head right now. It just stood out. I don't really have anything that really just completely blows my mind.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I've always said on this show that uh, toys and magic and seeing the ball do something incredible is is few and far between. And that's always what frustrates me is I think the, the pinball has innovated in so many different areas, but the one that it still is lackluster to me is – making the ball do something that makes you go, wow, did you see that? And I think the Jurassic Park Dinosaur does that for people, and that's why I think the premium mm-hmm. and the LE is the only way to go on that game because you can't lose that and and get the full experience of that game. Scott, one last question. Deep Root, you, you collect pinball. You see the pinball marketplace. Um, mm-hmm. For you, it's interesting because Deep Root is creating an entirely new pinball company, and you'd have to imagine that they're going most likely to address lighting in their games. I mean everyone else has still been, you know, open market for your product because the the, the mm-hmm. lighting is still not great. Do you think DeepRoot is gonna are you curious to see what they do with lighting in their games and are you curious to see what this company brings out after all of the hype?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah I've thought about that before. And you know it's like if they do something, that would be, I mean, either way, it's good for me. Not, then I can sell kits for that. But if they do, then people can actually see, compared to their other collection, what it can look like. And they'll be like, oh, I want mine to be as bright as Deep Roots. Then right. And I can get Penn Stadium. So, it's a win-win for me. And I definitely have thought about that. That's a really good question.
0: Do you think these guys, it, do you think there's room in the marketplace for them, knowing sort of what they've been promising and more games than anyone else and a competitive price point And pinball magic returning Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i mean i think there is i mean but if when i say there is that means it's probably going to bump others potentially out of it though as soon as they come in you know it doesn't mean like big people like big companies but it could bump some smaller ones out uh potentially or dwindle sales and then start a downward spiral there's gonna have to be a little bit of push and shove but i feel like if you know they're gonna do what they're saying then there's going to be some some movement, and uh, they've got some great potential, possibly, you know. But somebody's going to suffer a little bit,
0: right? Absolutely, it's going to be it's very very competitive, and I think 2020 is going to be most likely the most competitive year to obtain sales for your company. I think Stern's untouchable with they just, they just have production down at a level yeah, no one's even close to. Um, from there. It's going to be the that's where the battle takes place below them, not not within them. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see Jersey Jack fight it out with Deep Root, fight it out with Chicago Gaming, fight it out with Spooky, fight it out with American Pinball. Um, for me, American Pinball is the one that you know. Like if you have a bunch of kids, right? How many kids do you have? I've got four. Okay, as a, as Canada's Pinball Podcast, I feel like all these companies are somewhat my children that I give marketing advice to that none of them often listen to. But if there was one company out there that I'm like, I want to spend extra time with this child because I do feel like this child has the potential for greatness. For me, that's American pinball. I, I really do think this company has a chance because they have the facilities and they have the manufacturing. They have everything down, but they, they're they just finding so many ways to not deliver a product that people want. I, I, I think Next year is going to be a, the year in which they either turn a corner or you know turn the lights off. But I, I believe in them. That's what I'm here to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. I believe in this company, but they need they need to give me a call. You, can you hear me soliciting them to to, to give you me a call? You do. I, I, you are on it, man. I'm on it. I, and here's the thing. And I tell them this. I will I will work for free. I will be like on the sidewalk. I will pinball market for free and, and give up my. My hourly rate, which is in the hundreds of dollars for major brands, I will do it for free, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you, if they listen to me, we will have a home run on our hands. We can do it together. We all can do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you I mean you should lay out something for them and put it on paper and send it to them and just see what happens. You know what I mean? Just do like your one presentation, like your resume. Right. And just send it. And, I'm going to do then, it one you know, better.
0: I actually have, I have a game in mind that I want to bring to them to make for the world to enjoy that's all i'm going to say on that topic right now and i think they need to listen to me and, and hopefully someone who li- who knows them says you know what check out minute number 57 of canada's last podcast but anyway scott thank you so much for coming on today this is my second show today this is incredible i need to oh yeah yeah
1: wow yeah good job man T- T- yeah tune I, pre- one day. I appreciate you having me on and giving me a chance to talk about that and you know just to let you know talk to everyone and get the other side of it. And, you know, I, I appreciate everybody's feedback and if there, you know, concerns, anything needs to be adjusted, that's, you know, all going to get taken care of and has been, and Robin's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm going to respect everyone as much as possible. And, uh, you know, it's, I just try to keep moving forward. Cause if I keep, if I get wrapped in us wrapped up in all this stuff, I'm not going to be able to produce and, you know, manage my customers. So, right. I mean, it was a good opportunity to talk about it and that's, you know, much appreciated,
0: you know? Yeah, That no, was good having you on. And, and as I said, you know, when, when you win two Twippies, we're, we're in a different league, people. Don't you understand? Like, we should have our own lounge at TPF this year. The, the, oh, you, my gosh. You, me, and Jack Danger. <laughs> and, Keith, and Keith Elwin, too. Did he win two so far? I don't know. We, we need to figure this out. We need not get a whole.
1: Well, he got one for Iron Maiden, though, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. He'll, be, he'll be number. I think he's going to get another one for Jurassic Park for sure. I don't see anything taking that down. We'll see. A lot
1: of games yeah, coming awesome. out,
0: though, between now and then.
1: Oh, man, I'm so pumped up and I'm, I'm so thankful, too, for all these people that vote, you know, at the Twippies and, you know, it's 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 really cool. It's an honor. It's uh, Jeff. Oh, my gosh, Jeff, the stuff that he does over there and the work that he does. Just he's not getting paid. Look at him, man. You know, and he's created this award system that we just all, you know, appreciate so much. So it's it, it's it, I can't wait till next year.
0: Jeff's Jeff is he's a really good guy. And, and if you he don't is. know Jeff, and, you, you know, I, I get the pleasure of talking to Jeff behind the scenes and he puts his heart and his soul into what he does every week for people. And, you know, I, I think him and I, you know, we're, it's a thankless profession, pinball media. I mean, we do all this stuff for people's entertainment. And, you know, at least, Scott, you got, you've you figured out the right thing to do, which is like combine the passion, the love, but also... It's, you know, there's a monetary reward that you deserve. I mean, you created something of value. My dad always would say this, create something of value, son, and the money will come. And he's right. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's sort of the key to anything in life. Um, And I do think your product is very valuable. And I think, as you said, most people are really enjoying them. There's always going to be a few haters on Pinside and we know who they are. Easier to drain them than to discourage the people who are making products we love. So Scott, thank you so much for your time.
1: Yes, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: All right. For
1: I can.